one, two, three, four, five, and welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode seventeen now. Seventeen? Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, I, I had to actually think about it before we did the intro because, or before before I counted us in, I'm like, okay, you know, this is this is what I say when we begin the podcast. Wait, <laughs> what episode is it? I'm sure it's not, I mean, it's it's not such a difficult thing to remember, but because I do normally my uh, D&D notes before each of these sessions, and mm. I number the D&D sessions, huh. so it's like, and they're fairly close together, but they're not quite, so I'm like, 17? That seems a bit small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 17, but it's not when you think about we do one of these a week, we've done 17 weeks of this podcast now. Makes it sound yeah. a little bit longer then. Um, yeah, no, I, I should have known that, though, because I just edited the uh, episode 16 and got it ready this to upload last night. True. Which, again, uh, I, I was reminded of how weird that glitch was a couple weeks back when the Halloween episode didn't go up to YouTube for, like, days. Yeah. Because this one, the episode 16, was also 14 gigabytes, um, because I used pretty... Uh, I'm guessing higher fidelity gameplay footage for the background, but it uploaded in like an hour and a half. I mean, yeah, I was. God, words. YouTube was pretty bad around that time. I think it was actually down for like several hours, like the whole site. Mm. Um, so it was probably something surrounding that. Um, but yeah, today, uh, I don't know what's planned for the second or third section. Um, but I was looking through Twitter the other day, mm-hmm. and there's the usual stuff, all people being, uh, air quotes, hilarious, or, uh, in other places a bit, a bit mean, and there was just a couple of things that I wanted to address, uh, I've already briefly discussed them with you, um... Which so it started with the whole um, fairy tale of New York thing. Yeah. Uh, that is to say, uh, for anyone listening, "Fairy Tale of New York" is a very famous Christmas song. I'm sure everyone listening has heard it many times. You know what? I'm not sure that I have. Really? I I don't I don't know. Um, hold By on. the Pogues. Let me. I'll look up the lyrics while you you talk about it. Okay, and um, I just realized I'm gonna have to swear. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Um, in the, so this is a very very old song, um, and it includes the word faggot, which I mean it was frowned upon at the time, and I think they actually took it out of the song not long afterwards but it the, the original version is still played and I think it's BBC Radio have decided now that they refuse to play the song the entire song because of um, that one word basically hmm. which this this is something that confused me when you messaged me about it earlier. Um, at least I can see that, uh, like a radio station in the U.S. being more likely to do that um, because really, well that that word is I think more offensive over here because you at least have 
I mean, in, in Britain, it can be used as sort of a, uh, like a, what is it? Like, it can be used to refer to, like, a cigarette, or like a pack of cigarettes, right? Yeah, but, I mean, if you're saying that, you'd say a fag. You wouldn't say a faggot. Yeah, okay. Um, well, it's just, no one would use it in that way at all over here, was my point. Yeah. To, to use it as a derogatory term, it's kind of... It, it's, it is one of the worst ones. It's not as bad as the N-word. Um, but, like, anyway, it, it's not a nice word. But at the same time, it's a song. It's been around for, I don't know how many years. Um, probably, like, 20 years. No, more than 20 years, easily. Um... And no one's, you know, had any problem with it up till now, so... I it's, don't know, it's kind of like the whole statues with the, the BLM movement thing again. Right, well... <laughs> like, they've been there for so long, no one is taking offence to them until everyone's like, hang on, this is a thing, we need to tear this down. Yeah, uh, and we've already talked, kind of... I've, I've yeah, made my opinion that. on that, that no, no matter how bad the person is, I think... Just arbitrarily like uh, ripping down pieces of history is is a bad thing. Like if you're gonna if you want it gone and you find it that objectionable, um, then you you go about it the right way. Like if it's there's a statue in your city you don't think should be there, you know there's town governments you know, talk to them, get a petition yeah. going, take it down the right way. Don't be like a violent mob. But the um, the the song thing I was thinking I. Uh, it has some parallels back to uh, what was it? There was a song, at least in the U.S. and I think it happened. Oh yeah, "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Um, right, I know of the song. I, I think that that might be a similar situation. That was one that got big over here because it was a classic Christmas song. Um, Is that bad towards women or something? Yeah. So, well, at least people who I guess have never been flirtatious in any way would think it was bad towards women like if you listen to the song it's um like uh this this man and woman who are in a relationship the the man's trying to get the woman to stay over and she's being coy and going like oh no i really have to leave and he's he's um trying to like give her excuses to stay oh it's so cold outside stay here where it's warm or something like that and it's right, just this okay. it, it, like unless you're some kind of a sociopath the song is very clearly just like this um, coy flirtation, like between a man and a woman, like yeah. um, more romance than manipulation. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's flirty. It's romantic. It's it's not. But people who didn't want the song out there tried to make it sound like some kind of a you know assault or something like that, um, hmm. and it it just isn't. And especially if you there's a music video to it too. And if you watch the music video too. It's very clear that this was like, this was a perfectly normal, natural, just flirtatious interaction. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many uh, modern day songs where they're getting away with kind of worse. Oh yeah. Topics. Well, in um, two decades, somebody will get offended by those. <laughs> well, I'm surprised people aren't offended by them now because they're more insulting than. Anyway, um, that is that is something um, though that that's interesting is that things that are for some reason it's just things that are older, and you're right, more mm -hmm. tepid 
for some reason they're not nearly as offensive as the kind of shock value Perhaps stuff. Because, uh, I mean, so obviously Fairy Tale of New York is a Christmas song, so it's going to be played a lot more around children. Yeah. Maybe uh, that has a factor in it. They don't want them uh, to use those words. Yeah, but I mean, growing up, I listened to a lot of Busted. Uh, Busted's a band in the UK. It was very popular about 15 years ago. Hmm. Um, and so I was like this, this little kid singing the lyrics. <laughs> when you grow up, and I was like, oh, oh, those lyrics were really, like, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe as a little kid I shouldn't have been singing that. But, um, I don't know, that kind of got away with it, and that that was fine. Well, I mean, so, that there's a few children things like that. Like, uh, I th we may have talked about this before, but Shrek. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. The original Shrek movie is a classic example of there's a lot of like adult humor in that movie, but it's well disguised enough that kids watching it wouldn't get it. Like the main villain yeah. being, you know, Lord Fockwad. Also, yeah. if you say it quickly enough, Lord Fuckwad. Yeah. And like, um Donkey and Dragon. Yeah, the Donkey and the Dragon, there's the bit where um you know, uh, the the king guy has this gigantic, like, castle that's just essentially a skyscraper, and Shrek's like, I wonder if he's compensating for something. That's a horrible accent. <laughs> no, I thought it was quite good. I, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so stuff... I, I feel like... Movies like that, and maybe, to an extent, songs like that, it's... If they have enough subtlety to disguise the more inappropriate stuff, it can be entertaining for the adults, and then the kids can also be entertained but not be exposed to it. I don't yeah, know. absolutely. And they, there's always been that in like kids' shows for hmm. decades. So, um, but yeah, the other thing that was trending on Twitter, yeah, is another. This is very sorry. This is a very English UK politics based <laughs> segment. No, it's fine. Uh, I mean, but I feel like the the messages can be conveyed to all countries, really. Mm. Um, is that the BBC uh, recently found out that the government stopped funding these anti-LGBT bullying courses, which uh, so back in from back uh, in March, I think. So, to be clear, these are, like, this is, like, public public school, like, grade school level, to put it in U.S. terms, like, grade school level classes that kids would have to take about how not to bully people for being gay or something. Exactly. Now, that obviously has also had big uh, anger rising up around that because, I mean, just the concept of having less time to teach people about how to not bully people is just instantly makes everyone hate the person who stops that from happening. Yeah. Um, but I feel like not many people have actually stopped and thought about it. Um, so I... they, they were spending uh, upwards of, I think it said, four million pounds mm -hmm. since... Uh, 2014 on several different um, uh, businesses that go around and, and teach schools and things how to behave, basically. Yeah. 
and I don't know in my opinion whether someone is being uh, homophobic or sexist or racist I think all of these things should fall under the singular category of bullying I, I'm not sure that we need a specific class for telling people not to bully lesbian, gay, bi, trans, plus yeah. people. Um, I uh, am a part of the LGBT community, so I feel like I have some standing in this before everyone calls me some homophobic prick. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think, I mean, put it this way, people get bullied for their hair colour, right? People get bullied yeah. for being ginger. Yeah. And there's no specific course that people need to go on to learn how to not bully ginger people. The thing is, when... So, just something to add here. Go on. One of the... When you're, like, a kid, when you're in school, like... Pretty much the, the people getting bullied, it tends to be whoever is you know, different in some way. It doesn't have to be sexual orientation. I remember in middle school, like, the first dude in our grade to, like, essentially start growing, like, body hair, he got made fun of relentlessly. Even mm. though, like, five years later, that probably would have made him hot to, the, you know, the girls he was hanging out with, right? Yep. But I just, I think that's, that's what it is. Um... When you're at that age, like when you're at that like younger grade school age, you're still kind of learning to be a civilized adult, and you, there's still that animal mind in the back of your head, which you know instinctually tells you to like you know pick out the thing that's different and yeah, because that's that's, that's the sort of like caveman mentality that would have protected you from the strange and different things that you know means something is wrong. It's not. It's, it's a relic of our primitive past. It's not something that really serves too much of a purpose in the modern day. So that's why, you know, mm. I, I agree that, like, the education around, like, telling people not to, to fight that and essentially to empathize and not to bully people is important. But like you said, I don't think splitting it out and having, like, 18 different courses, like, one about, like, uh, you know, LGBT bullying one about i don't know <laughs> ginger bullying one about like, just mm. i don't it just one course about bullying in general and i think that's going to be a lot more beneficial than yeah. and i don't know about how often you tended to have these kind of course so the way i remember it is that we'd have like one course a year where some would come in and teach us you know Take sex ed, for example. Yeah. Um, they'd come in and they'd talk about it for one day in a year and then they'd be gone. And no... I mean, we'd remember it because we just generally... And it's not too difficult to, to work out what's good and what's bad to do. But I think... Like, maybe just one class a month um, of just sitting people down and being like, right, here's a bunch of different kinds of people, here's why they are just the same as every one of you in this room. 
Uh, yeah. So I, I, I was actually, I'm thinking about this now, and maybe my opinions of it have been kind of colored by corporate office life, but mm. thinking maybe just like a year, a yearly orientation thing, um, similar to what you're saying, it doesn't have to be a class that happens that often, but just like, I mean, I remember in our schools, we would have like these special courses where um, when I was in middle school, the big thing was what they called the, the D.A.R.E. program, and it was an acronym that meant something, and the D meant drugs. I can't remember the rest of it. It was, right. or maybe it was, maybe it meant don't, like don't something, so, I don't know. It was a thing to tell you not to take drugs. And they'd have somebody come in, somebody who worked with like, you know, uh, some people who had problems with drugs or something and just essentially talk and educate people about them. Um, mm. I don't know if it had an effect or not. I don't really, <laughs> I, I barely remember any of it. I just remember we got to take a break from normal classes to do that. So maybe doing something similar with this, you have like, you know, a week a year where you're devoting like an hour a day to having like the, some someone special come in and do that. Go through like a, here, don't, you know, empathize with your fellow man. You know, think about yeah. how they feel when you call them a shithead or something like that. And I, I get how uh, some, some things you need to know more about, but I don't think... LGBT is something you need to know much about. In my opinion, the only thing you need to know about LGBT is that some people can like the same gender of, of other people. Some people want to change it into being, you know, a different gender. Some people don't want a gender. Yeah, just talking about... I, that yeah. is about all you need to know. Right, because like, any more details than that, I figure is going to cause more problems because all you're yeah. doing the kids that aren't gonna care whether or not they're bullying someone those you're just giving those kids more ammunition now if you go any further than that yeah and i so i, I i've been talking to someone for about half a year now and this person is um uh, has become has chosen to be female and yeah. I am horrible with pronouns and I apologize every single time I fuck it up uh, to that person and they said something really sweet the other day I thought which was that it's okay that I make the fuck up because they know that I'm actively trying not to fuck up right well that I think that's that's the difference the yeah it's it the line is like it well <laughs> it's the difference between like if you made a genuine mistake um or if i walked up to you blue and just went hello madam yeah um like it, that's that's a silly example obviously but it's it's that sort of thing are you purposely trying to be hurtful and or mean or you, did you just make a slip up it's like but yeah yeah, I don't think that people are unreasonable. They know when you are trying, and yeah. people who, even when you're trying, and you make a mistake, the people that jump down your throats about it, they tend I to be, have very little respect for those people. Well, those people tend to be bystanders too. I, I... yeah, if if someone jumps on you when it's not even anything to do with them, that's also kind of a bit. Um. 
Yeah. It's a bit too white knighty, and I, I, I hate using that because I think the, white, the term white knight is actually quite a a good thing, I suppose. But a, a social justice warrior, then, if you if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently the BBC put out a poll uh, of more than one thousand teachers working in the UK primary or secondary schools, mm. and that revealed that thirteen percent of children are bullied because of their sexuality. Eleven mm-hmm. percent because of their race, seven percent because of their gender, and two percent because of their religion. Now, I am questioning this poll for yeah, it doesn't sound right reasons at all. That I'll make clear. First of all, two percent because of their religion—that kind of makes sense because it's not something that people really talk about. People don't generally talk about their religion unless it's immediately obvious and other people approach them to talk about it okay hmm. okay um the race being 11 percent that's fairly high that's that is fairly high and but i can understand there's a lot of deterrence on race because of everything that's happened this year for example yeah. everyone is hyper aware not to be racist yeah i feel like those numbers are actually inflated by that though um, Quite possibly. I mean, uh, th- that's the thing. I, you don't know what the levels are with uh, what a teacher considers bullying. Yeah. So, this, I think the reason that the 13% of children being bullied because of their sexuality is because a teacher has walked around a corner and seen a kid going, oh, I got loads of homework today, that was gay. <laughs> I think that is what it is. And I think they're not mentioning that. Uh, and they're making it look like there's more. I could be completely wrong, and I'd love to see the actual statistics, and the, but there aren't any that I can find. Yeah, this is something that um, recent times has made me kind of hyper aware of. And I, I mean, part of this is important for my, my work, too, is it's great to say that we've found this, and here are the, here's the breakdown, here's the percentages, but just as important of that, of, oh my god, I cannot talk... <laughs> Just as important as that is the your methodology. How did you collect the data? Like, what did you use to control for other variables? Like, yeah, was it just a straight up poll? Like, hey, do you think these kids are being bullied for this, this, and this? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Like, mm. it or was it a tick box thing where they couldn't actually write what they heard or saw much? Right. They just had to kind of guess what the person meant yeah that's that's the other thing was it just a poll like you know what do you feel is the percentage and but and that's why i was talking about um the the uh god recent events putting things into hyper focus i feel like when you highlight something even if you're trying to like bring awareness of it to fix it you suddenly make people super super aware of it and now they're looking for it everywhere and there's going to be some false positives um, not it's it's part of the process. Just something people need to be aware of. Um, yeah, and the phrase, well, I say the phrase, the word "gay" has so many <laughs> connotations these days. Mm. I I can't lie. I'm no hypocrite. I have used the the word "gay" in anger before. When I'm playing a game, for example, and something really annoying happens, and I was like, ah. Oh, Fuck, that's so gay. Honestly? But equally, 
I use the word gay when I see something colourful or bright or happy. <laughs> I mean, is that does that balance it out? I don't use it around people who... Um, I make an active effort not to use it around people who would be offended by it. That's yeah. for sure. Like, um, And if someone uses it in too negative a way or in a way that is actively attacking something that actually has anything to do with being gay... That's a big no-no. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think about this now. I think I actually use the word gay to describe something I think is stupid more. Like, in my mind, it barely even means homosexual anymore. Like, I no. don't think... If I'm if I'm saying... Yeah, I think I, I barely ever use it to actually refer to someone who is homosexual. And usually it's just in a perfectly, like, neutral context. Like, oh yeah, this person's gay. Yeah. But most of the time when I use that word, it's it's when I'm playing video games. I'm like, oh, that's fucking gay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I, I, this, this kind of goes back to um, a conversation I was having with, um, with a friend of mine. Um, and the conversation, not necessarily what we were talking about, but what it made me think about. And it, it made me... Kind of, one of the big questions that always goes around these debates around language and like what words can and can't be used and things like that is how does language actually evolve naturally, right? Because words and meanings and, you know, diction and speech, it's always going to change over time. Now, do you control what is like proper use of language and what like proper definitions are? Or do you just sort of let whatever happens happens, which is sort of what has happened with English. Um, yeah. The opposite example is France, who have like committees and councils who strictly control the French language and what is proper French. Um, they've actually used, in, in Montreal, they used those language laws to keep Haitian immigrants out because they didn't speak proper French. Yeah. I don't know, it's just... Um, I won't. I won't ramble on on too many examples. What What are your thoughts on that? Is it like, is the dictionary definition really the kind of go to answer for what words actually mean, or oh, is it just how? Not. Yeah, I mean, so uh, another uh, word that everyone uses, but it doesn't really mean anything these days. Is the word "fuck"? Right? If someone says "fuck you." That probably doesn't mean they want to have coitus with you. Yeah, well, probably not. <laughs> that that word is like it's win. like a verb, an adjective, an adverb, a noun. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean what it means in uh, in the dictionary. Um, and it's fine to stay that way. To be honest, I'm. They're just two separate things. There's two different ways of saying a word. Um. And this, I this I think, is, um, to bring it back to social media and my general disdain for it, I think this is one of the big problems with a lot of discourse these days, moving from verbal to text-based. Because in verbal communication, you can tell, like, when, when you and I are talking, you can tell yeah. when I'm actually trying to insult you or when I'm just fucking <laughs> around with you. That being said, we literally... The first words we said to each other this morning, we spoke, 
have we got completely different messages? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, but that's also because you, your mic cut out for half of your sentence, which I realized when you repeated it back. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, which is another thing. This this whole non face to face. Well, okay. This is this was my point. Is that I feel like we're getting to less and less nuanced forms of communication. So. You've got classic form yeah. of communication, which is two people standing next to each other, looking at each other, talking. You've got body language, you've got facial expressions, you've got vocal tone, and you've got words. All of those things are helping to convey what you're actually meaning. Then, mm. now we're down to like a phone call. Now you've just got vocal tone, words, and, well, that's, that's really it. And then, now we're going to text-based communication, where you just have words. You're, so in your mind, you might be texting someone and going like, uh, you know, think you're saying something sarcastic, and yeah. But they read it and they read it as in a literal tone, um, and then it can come off as insulting. That's sort of what I'm I'm getting at. Is I think that's another problem when we're talking about yeah. these words that have not more like uh, more sensitive meanings, and then also have more. I don't know, sarcastic, kind of more uh, jovial meaning meanings outside of, in, in, yeah, in a I different, more friendly context, right? Quite succinctly put, like, if you, how many times you received a message that just says K? Just the letter K. Right, and it sounds like terse and dismissive. Yeah, you're like, do they just, are they just like cool with everything? Is that it? Is, are we good? Yeah. Or... Because that sounds kind of like if someone just said, okay, in person, that's pretty aggressive. Yeah, or if they're just like, all There's right. like five different ways that a single letter can be portrayed. Right, because it, be, it could be happy, like the little, uh, like, K. Yeah. Or it could be like, okay. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. And, it, uh, it could be. It could and be that leads to more messages. And so it would be easier if someone just wrote something up properly the first time. <laughs> I think that's that's where emojis have started to come into play now, is people have started using them yeah. to... I, as... Oh, God, as stupid as it sounds, I think emojis actually have gone a long way to uh, help add yeah. a bit more emotion back to text-based communication. I, as you know, am terrible. I love emoticons. Um... Not emojis, emoticons. Oh, wait, I think I got that right around. When it's just like the straight keyboard keys, not the little pictures. Hmm. Um, I, I put them in so many things, and I've had to stop myself on professional emails from yeah. putting, like, sticking out tongue face. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not professional. I should not be doing this. Um, yeah. We just got a new. Uh messaging program at work uh slack which it's not new but it's new for us yeah and during the training and orientation for it they encouraged us to use emojis in like oh work communications to to help uh with productivity cohesiveness uh, yeah or something <laughs> like that and um you do that thing with your hands <laughs> yeah i just no i just put my i put my face in my hands and i was like oh god the world's coming to an end Mm. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, it's like, and that's nothing. Bullying is not just in school, as everybody knows. It's in the workplace. Oh, it it's goes on. I honestly, I feel everywhere. 
I feel like it's worse in an office environment than it ever was in school. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I never... I, I can't think of a time... Like, I can think of a time in school where people were mean to me, but I never mm. felt, quote-unquote, bullied. Like... Yeah, it's a lot more every man for himself in the actual corporate world. There's no sense of... There's less sense of justice. In yeah, the world. and there there are like um, professional organizations you can join, like little uh, clique group. But I feel like that even makes it worse. Hmm. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like going through um, high school, I re there were like cliques and groups of friends, but they weren't like antagonistic to each. It wasn't like a TV show where you got the jocks and you got the nerds and you got the whatevers. Hmm. It like. I never really experienced that in high school. Um, I may have just had, like, a weird school. But, yeah, and then... I kind of it... had that in the all-boys grammar school. Hmm. Um, there was definitely a divide. And... Honestly, one of the things that made me... When I did come out, hmm. um, which is after there, one of the things that made me the proudest was that through the last two years of that old boys school someone, a single person came out as being gay mm -hmm. uh, and that one person put up with so much bullying for those two years and he he just kind of owned it and yeah therefore when I did like come out myself I was like holy shit if he, he was also the shortest person in the year I'd say so he did really get railed on a lot. Um, yeah. It was a real... I, I'll never forget that. I think it was a really brave thing. And... Um, well, yeah. And in some regards, I feel like... I mean, I, I I don't know the person. I don't know anything about that. But I I would hope... that Because there, there, there are basically two results for when you get bullied, right? Um, mm. It either, like... You know, it either breaks you down and makes you more insecure and like hurts you, or you know you can find more conviction in the things that you were being bullied for, and you know learn to be proud of yourself for who you are. And I hope, my hope, um, trying to put a positive spin on it, my hope is that that person like found more conviction and more strength in just being who they are because people were trying to make them feel bad for it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just, it, who knows? It, it's it's a complex issue, and I think it's, going back to your original, the, the thing that made you originally want to bring this up, I, I really think that it's not helped by splitting out every individual thing that somebody could be bullied for, because it just highlights the differences in people. When in reality, like, the way you stop bullying, in my opinion, this is, again, my opinion, I'm not a psychological professional or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. But in my opinion, just my anecdotal experience, the ways that you stop stuff from like this from happening is you find ways to bring people together. You show them the ways that they're similar and the same, you know, they're all part of the same human family. You yeah. develop empathy in the people and then they're they're going to be less likely to be cruel. Um I, I, I personally think that that's the, that's the way forward and breaking it out into a million different specialized anti-bullying campaigns doesn't help anyone. No. 
It is good to talk to people though. If you are being bullied, uh, particularly in school, there is always going to be a teacher that can help you. Um, yeah. I, one of my best friends in school, he got bullied for about three or four years because of the way he had his hair. And it wasn't ginger or anything like that. It was just fairly long and curly. Mm. And he put up with the bullying for those four years. One day, people started bullying me about a particular haircut I just had. And I did go and... I, I told people, I, I told the teacher, I said, look, this is kind of, this is pretty shitty. Can we, like, sit down with the person and kind of get this done? Mm. And it was over within, like, a day. Uh, I never had to deal with their bullying again. And, in fact, the person, my friend, who was got bullied for four years, he actually approached me and he was like, dude, why would you tattle? Yeah. That is the worst fucking thing. If someone tells you that, they... Oh. <laughs> Why did you tattle? Because you were being a bitch. If you... Tattling is if, like, your friend takes such a large shit that it blocks up the toilets, and then you go and tell the teacher. If you tell <laughs> do that, that is tattling, and yeah, that's fucking bad. Oh, but if you're God. doing it to give yourself peace of mind... To, to yeah, you're not doing it to get the other person in trouble. You're doing it to stop the hatred on you. Yeah, I, that that's something I, I feel like there. It's like the the whole no snitching movement. It's like precisely. Okay, if there's the tattling in my mind is like you know you're out you're out um you know recess in grade school or whatever you're out in the yard, and you see some kids who are like I don't know, they they brought like. I don't know, a porn magazine or something to school. Something a little racy, right? And they're looking yeah. at it in the corner, and you run off and tell the teacher. They're not hurting anyone, they're not causing any problems. But it's not by the school rules, so you run off and tell a teacher and get them in trouble. That's tattling. Absolutely. But, like, uh, what you talked about there, and I did think of one instance, and this, I wouldn't call this bullying, this was just some kid who was an asshole. In fifth grade, I was taking a piss at the urinal, and um, one of the, the older kids, I think he was seventh or eighth grade you know came came up behind me and booted me in the back so that my head like impacted the top of the urinal and i was like stunned for a few seconds so i went i went to the teacher like i, I told him after the fact because it, it happened once and it's i'm like okay all right it happened once and i'm like okay maybe it's a prank then it happened again and i'm like okay fuck this kid and i went and yeah we they sat us down we talked about it and never happened again but it's but it's that distinction it's where are you actually harming someone and causing you know making their daily life miserable yeah then you need to talk to somebody in some kind of position of power and get it to stop if you can't if you can't make it stop yourself um yeah. and you don't even need to you can ask the teacher because they, they they've got time they can sit down with the person without you even being in the room you can say look i'm kind of fearful of this guy can I can I not be there when and yeah. chances are it'll probably get sorted without you even having to confront person. I mean, it's better if you do <laughs> for your own sake, but um, if you're afraid of them, then yeah, you don't even have to be in the room. It's yeah, 
there, there yeah. are multiple ways to to resolve these things but i think that is an important distinction like there's there's a difference between yeah between tattling <laughs> to use the the childish term and yeah. um actually just you know you're you're solving a legitimate problem yeah We've. Um, I think we're we're starting to waffle a little bit. We're at forty yeah, we minutes for segment minutes. one. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any final thoughts before we close out? Uh, adoptively, I mean the. Uh, I I I know this has been a, a few times we've done like serious topics now, but again, I feel like. Uh, that, it was topical because of what's happened this week, and honestly, it is quite refreshing to talk about these things over so often. I hope people at home appreciate it if you would rather we just stick to the normal goofy stuff i guess just tell us but um i don't know i think it's important to talk about these things uh yeah that's it all right yep and my final thoughts is uh we're gonna talk about whatever the hell we want <laughs> um, i like I, I think that i personally try when we talk about these more serious things to keep like my my general instinct is to be you know sarcastic and flippant about most things, mm -hmm. but I do try to think more critically um, and be a little bit more methodical about my discussion whenever we talk about something like this. So yeah. hopefully that comes across. But again, I've said it before: we're just two guys having a conversation. It you know we're 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 never going to get it perfect. Um, no. Anyway, with that, uh, that's the end of segment one. Uh, we're going to take a quick intermission, and then we'll be back soon with segment two. And welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We're on segment two, our media segment, uh, where this week... We didn't do movie night again. <laughs> we didn't. Wait, is this the third week we have not gone? Second. Second week, Second. yeah, we because we had one movie night week where we watched uh, the last one. I think we watched was Sweeney Todd. Yeah, um, yeah, it was Halloween, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was a week after Halloween. Um, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. But Halloween, we didn't actually talk about movies at all. We just talked. Well, we talked about like spooky movies mm. or what have you. But um, maybe we didn't do movie night that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this week uh i have been so something i i may or may not have mentioned i in 2019 i did a new year's resolution because i am a chronic rereader and rewatcher. like i will i there are some books that i've probably read through like three or four times um the specifically the song of ice and fire books the ones that yeah. the game of thrones series is based on I've reread all of the existing books. Um, the first three of them, at least, I've reread probably four or five times, and mm. the later books at least twice. So I've and th those are huge; they're like a thousand pages each. And I do the same thing with TV shows that I really, really, really like. Um, so in 2018, I was like, "All right, I got to stop this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a resolution to." focus on finishing things and not just replaying the same thing. I do the same thing with <laughs> games I really like, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, you only really go back to reread things, though, when what you're currently reading is not entertaining or that much. Like, you're reading it still because you've got halfway into the book and 
there's you don't want to leave off halfway through a story but at the same time it's really a slog <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway i've i've been pretty good about it for the last uh, year and a half and i've i've successfully finished a lot of series that had i just like um been following the same old pattern i would have just like watched them about a quarter of the way through and then given up but having pushed through and kept watching them there's a lot of series that i've found i really liked after i got through the parts that would have made me stop so mm. vikings that i talked about last week that's a perfect example i tried to watch that series through a couple times because season one was amazing but season two has a very slow start and it killed the series for me the first two times I tried to watch it. Right. This time I was like, nope, I'm going to power through and just finish the series. Now I'm on season four and I'm still loving it. Yeah. Um, That's cool. But the it's... reason... Sorry, go on. Uh, you just keep going on. Okay. I'll, I'll remember. The reason I brought that whole long like preface up is this week I've been... Uh, it's been a few years since I've seen this series, but I've decided to rewatch um, this Netflix series that I think started out on TV, but eventually went to Netflix. Um, that I really, really liked called uh, Longmire. It's a yeah. it's a show set in the modern day uh, in Wyoming, uh, and it follows this one particular like sheriff's department in kind of like this backwater county. Um, and it, it has some, like, crime and investigation stuff to it, but there's a lot of interesting, like, small-town politics that are really interesting, especially small-town mid Midwestern politics, because now what they have to deal with out there is the um, kind of political interactions between the Native American reservations and then the actual rest of the county, because the police don't have jurisdiction on the reservations and the reservation police don't have jurisdiction off the reservations and so you end up with th that that ends up being a plot point in a lot of the series um but it's just it's a series that has a lot of really well written characters a lot of really well thought out and uh compelling stories where there isn't like just a clear good guy and bad guy where there's a lot of nuance to it, which I should should be clear by now is my favorite type of story, where you you can't just point to one person and go, "This person is the villain." Anyway. Yeah. You right? <laughs> Sorry, no. I just uh, I realized I uh, talked very fast, was completely out of breath, and <laughs> had to breathe <laughs> in for a second. So I've had too much tea. Earlier. I've had too much tea was that um yeah i get i get the same thing with games where some games i start them up and they just look super goddamn complex but once you get past that really slow horrible grindy part the boring part mm. a game can be really enjoyable like car mechanic simulator probably <laughs> look i mean i remember actually when i started up it looked like, so many things that I did not understand in any way. But I then ended up playing it to completion and enjoying it a great deal. Um, uh, and the, the game I've been playing just uh, recently, I won't go into it now because I think we should save it for the third part. Mm -hmm. um, again, there, there's 
really weird mechanics in the game that take a lot of understanding, and I still don't understand it, despite hours of playing. But if I do manage to get past that, it does look like a very fun game. I've... So, I feel like that's... That's a feeling I have a lot when I'm looking at, um, like, uh... What are they called? Like, 4K games? Like, the Civilization kind of games? Oh, God, yeah. There's, there's, the learning curve is... Yeah. Oof. There's a lot of, like, tech trees and interactions and weird mm. things units can do and, you know, proper paths to go through, and there's a lot of reading to it. And you there's a basically right when you start off with a lot of those games not necessarily the latter civilization games i feel like they've uh, dumbed them down significantly but really i think the earlier ones were a lot easier <laughs> really i i civ 4 i found uh i see i civ i never played the really old ones i i started with civ 4 um yeah but other ones like uh home i think homeworld was one of them uh Everspace or something like that. These games, or then Endless? you've got you've got games like um, Crusader Kings, which are very very complicated. You've got yeah. like a million different things going on, and there's a lot of reading to it. So if you're not in the right mindset to actually put in that initial like push through the learning curve, you're gonna drop the game and be like, I can't deal with this. Yeah, especially when you're playing online, because if you're playing any game competitively online you're going to start out absolutely sucking and the <laughs> and the, the if you get to the game early you have a far better chance because people haven't learned the the nuances of the game yet um but when we played uh civilization right the there was a group of us in the hive that played civilization and there was that game where it was uh, 2v2 you and me versus ye and scott right mm. And I'd actually spent quite a bit of time on Civilization prior to this game. And so I went into boat tech with the Norse or something. Yeah. And I just dominated the sea. And Scott was Scott and you were divided by a sea border. <laughs> so we just murdered them to a degree that... <laughs> I feel bad because I was being really cocky at the time. Scott got bored and left the game because he was fed up. Yeah. You fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then I still managed to kill Yi's army on my own because I just I just I think I I like sent in bombers or something to his capital city while he still had you know knights or something musket men. Yeah. yeah. Um so you d if, yeah, I can understand it's really not fun playing online if you're on different <laughs> levels of experience and that's that's another uh thing too is like in those games even even games that have a relatively shallow learning curve at the beginning um if you jump into a game like that and you know very little about it and there's a serious like well-defined what you're supposed to be doing or what's the most efficient strategy um <laughs> it can be uh it can be brutal because yeah. You might be like, uh, oh, what's a, a good example? So, for one of my one of those videos I put out during the week, uh, the five second attention span ones, I played this game called. It had some weird eternal something. It it was like you talk about the light one. No, no. Wait, maybe I don't know. It was it was essentially a battle royale mixed with a MOBA. 
So a MOBA yeah. like League of Legends or like Dota 2 or something like that mixed with like a PUBG Fortnite style battle royale. Do you remember what it was called? ER Black something. I, I don't know. I played it a few weeks ago. Right, um, you keep talking, Al. Anyway, Eternal Return Black Survival. That's what it was. Anyway. Sure, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a free-to-play thing on Steam. Uh, but my point point being is, like, I've played a lot of, like, MOBA games, and I've played, um, like, StarCraft and stuff. So the, the point-and-click and, like, actual mechanic part of it, I was very good at. But I, I found myself stopping and staring at items like, what the hell does this thing do? I had no idea, like, the actual nuances of the game. And I played it online, because that's the only way to play it. I mean, you could play against AI, but that would be stupid. Oh, you're um, talking about the one where it was like, you were in a city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was playing as yeah. some psycho and chick you got, like, with a knife. Top, you got second place in, like, your first game. Yes, yes. Yeah, to, I remember no, what's my second there. game. Second place. My first game, I died in the first three seconds. Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> at least that's short games, though. Yeah, and it, I did have fun with the game, and I've, I'm tempted to to try it out again and play it a little bit more. But it seems like there'd be a bit of a, a time commitment if I actually wanted to to get good at it. And that yeah. can, that's but that was my point is it can be a little bit dissuading when even if you find yourself like you're you've played games like it before mechanically you think you're pretty good with it um and you are pretty good with it but then there's just uh, nuances on how the game is played in the meta sense like uh, what items are good and not good what what crafting things you need to pick up and are, are best for the items that you're using what characters are good and what situations like how you should play them that sort of nuance i feel is is different from game to game and when depending on the degree of nuance there, depending on the degree of stuff that you have to learn outside of just the base mechanics of the game, um, mm. that can be also, especially when you're talking about online gaming, can be kind of um, dissuasive to people trying to play it for the first time. Yeah. Um, How did we get here? I was just trying to remember that. <laughs> uh, but peak peaking? Speaking... <laughs> of uh, people online. One thing that I've been reminded of very recently is that, that not all gaming communities online are 100% toxic. And I do mean I had to be reminded of that because there are a lot of toxic people online. Yeah. Um, on Payday 2, which I've returned to recently because of the Patch number 200. Jesus. Uh, update 200, sorry, not patch. Um, they have basically extended the game out a, a great deal more length to it. And... Mm. Yeah, I've so I, I've gone back to it, I've been playing it, and the people on Payday 2, or at least a lot of them, are really nice. It's a really nice community, which, considering you're playing bank robbers, <laughs> is quite surprising. You're playing as a gentleman thief. Um, yeah, like, maybe it's because you're you have to work as a team, so if you do your job properly, people are inclined to be nice. 
But then on the flip side, you play a game like League of Legends where you play as a team still. But oh, yeah. they're wankers. Oh, everyone. Put it nicely. <laughs> so uh, this this may be, and I think it's the nature of the game because you're fighting. I you know what? I don't know. I haven't played Payday, so I can't say. But I I think I have an idea why um, why League of Legends players tend to be that. Right. For for one, the games tend to be very long and stressful, so there's an amount of time commitment. So if you feel like somebody else is screwing you over, then people get even more angry. Uh, there's also League of Legends, at least modern League of Legends, there really isn't a whole lot of room for creative play. Uh, like, if you try to do something off-meta, it will immediately incite rage. Even in, like, mm. a casual game, people are just, like, infuriated if you don't follow the precise order of arrangements. Yeah. It's like if <laughs> you're... So that also adds to the anger. And then just the fact that it is a very, very competitive... Um, a very, very competitive game where it's, you know, PvP and... Mm, that's the thing. I was about to say. There's there's elements of it's trash PvP. talk to it, too. And, yeah. Oh, PvP meaning player versus player. So oh, they're yeah. fighting other people online. Yeah. So I feel uh, like all of those things combine together to make it a very uh, aggressive and very you know toxic player base. Yeah. That... Payday 2 is... Sorry, go No, 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 no. Fi finish finish. Your, your thought about Payday 2, but I did want to move into something else that this is making me think of. Okay. Payday 2 is players versus a computer so there's no actual person to direct hatred at if something goes wrong you can only really blame yourself or your team and like i said generally it's it's not the end of the world if you fail a mission because you can just restart it you'll lose like half an hour out of your life but you don't go down in any rankings nothing like that what's frustrates me is that because the game is so old now there's a lot of modding for it, and there are some mods that I think are completely fine, and some are pretty cool even, like one that turns explosions into, instead of just a regular explosion, it explodes in like a rainbow. I think that's awesome. Confetti! Love that shit. Um, there's stuff that makes the enemies have like Bob Ross faces, all sorts. What <laughs> I am less of a fan of is the things that I consider hacking, or not hacking, just cheating. Yeah. Which is uh, enhanced heads-up displays which show things that are happening that normally when you're playing the game you can't see. Such as your teammates' loadouts and things. You can't really see what your teammates have got running unless you just look at their character or ask them. But with this, it gives people a big list of information on what everyone in your group has, and some of them even automatically post that into the chat for everyone else in the group to see. <laughs> so you end up with like a text box with everyone's stats, everyone's playtime, everyone's kills, everyone's maiden mill name, <laughs> like it's uh, it does frustrate me a little bit but yes generally people are very nice on that game and so I've been playing it a fuck ton I'm done <laughs> no, that's, that's it I yeah I'm 
So what you're describing is those those sort of like almost cheating mods are yeah. things that just think going back to League are things that have been officially added to the <laughs> the game and they, I didn't like them when they added them in. Like a lot of people were like, oh, they're just quality of life things and stuff like that. But yeah. I felt like it kind of took away a lot from the ability for your team to like cooperate and um, it takes the challenge out of the game. Not not only the challenge. So I'll give you a perfect example. So there are two major objectives on the map in League of Legends. There's uh, Baron and there's Dragon, and they respawn at given like intervals, right? And they have timers on them. Same yep. thing. And there are buffs in the map, and they also have respawn timers. Um, I think it's like a minute and a half for the buffs, and like two yeah, and a half. You can look at it in tab, can't you? You can now. You didn't used to. The timers were always there, but you didn't always be able to... So what would happen is there'd be a player, like a good support player, would pay attention to when the dragon died and would time it and tell people, hey, it's coming up in a few seconds. And I thought that added to the cooperative nature because now yeah, you're reliant on a teammate being a good person and checking things out for you and like being there to support you. Now it's just like, how did you guys not notice this? It's, the timer's right there. Hit the fucking tab button. It's... Exactly. I, I feel like it took away from something that was one of the few things in the game that was actually adding a motivation to be cooperative with your team and not just mute them because yeah. you're just assuming they're going to swear in your face. A reason to be jovial. Not jovial. But, yeah, communicate. Yeah. The same thing, there's... Amicable, uh, I think, is the word you're looking for. That works, too. Um, but there's... A uh, the well, drills drills in Payday Two. Yeah. They take a certain amount of time, and to see how much time a drill has got left on it, you have to go over to the drill, and there's a little screen on the drill that says how much time is left. Hmm. But again, these mods allow it so that you can be anywhere on the map, and it just tells you how how much time is left on every single drill that's placed. It's yeah. exactly the same as what you've just described, except it's not something that the game makers released. It's something that modders have made, and yeah, yeah, it, it comes scale. yeah, it comes down to the question of like, are you lessening the game's experience by putting these things in place, or are you enhancing it? And mm. there's a different. I think some things like maybe if the HUD looks like crap and you were just cleaning it up and making it you know more efficient in the yeah. screen, that I can see. Aesthetics, just, yeah. Going going quickly back to because I don't I don't want I want to say this before I forget it, um, the the thing I was going to bring up about when we were talking about toxic versus more jovial kind of communities on, mm. on gaming, I, I think in competitive gaming I almost prefer the talk not toxic ones where people are like oh this is so fucking stupid I'm just gonna you know let the other team win or something like that. Those people are shitheads. But if you're just trash talking, I, I don't ever see a problem with that but this might be because i when i i started playing online gaming um it was with first of all it was with GameSpy arcade th with the original xbox playing halo one online and god if you wanted to see people like really getting into trash talk like that was that was pretty bad um but then when xbox live came out i was playing that and there was no like filters no moderation really on that like if somebody was making threats and stuff you could report them but who knows what actually happened with that yeah uh the the youtuber uh uh donkey uh right yeah video game donkey yeah yeah i follow some of his videos and 
he's uh, he had one about the early days of Xbox Live, and he was his experience was very similar to my own. He was like you know a little whatever thirteen year old kid puts his uh, R twelve or something. I can't remember how old I was when it came out. But you put your headset on for the first time, and you're like, hey, guys, you know, let's do this. And then in the background, you just hear, oh, shut up, you fucking little kid. What the fuck are you doing here? Shut the fuck up. And yeah. that was about my first experience with Xbox Live. And the way he describes it in the video, which is hilarious, is just like, and then when I heard that, I just had the biggest smile on my face and thought, this is awesome. And I, mine was the <laughs> same thing. Like, I loved that, like, just open whatever shit talking that you could do like you still work together and tried to do things but you know if somebody was talking shit you talk shit back to them you didn't like mute them or report them you, you know that was i loved that experience but I, I realized that that experience isn't for everyone which is why the mute button exists but yeah i uh obviously we, <laughs> we have very different approaches on uh, these kinds of things I tend to ignore people as hard as I can. Mm. If they say something that genuinely like goes over a line, mm. then I will absolutely call them out on it. But otherwise, it's people just being angry. Just let them be angry, and is my point of view. I, Yours I, is fuck you. <laughs> I like I like engaging in a little back and forth shit talking. I find it yeah. fun. Um, now, granted, if somebody is just like if it's actually affecting the game where they're just typing non-stop and I like it's distracting to me and I feel like okay we're probably going to lose if I keep yeah. engaging with this person that's generally the situation where I'll mute them but if it's that tends to happen a lot in hots doesn't it where people spend so much time trying to angrily type the right that they're not actually the playing the game anymore yeah and I, that literally happened to me the other day I was playing not on hots uh, I was playing payday and I've, I'm very I played the game a lot, so I had this particular build, which is not very well known, and some guy was like, you're cheating, you can't kill that unit with two swings of a sword, that's cheating, you're cheating. And I'm like, no, it's not cheating, look it up. <laughs> and then he was stood still in one spot for like two minutes. he was looking it up. <laughs> and in that time, all three of us that weren't the other three people on the team got knocked down and needed reviving, and he was standing there in the AFK pose, <laughs> looking us up. And then he finally gets back and he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I accused you of cheating." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, we're all dead." <laughs> Look he's at like, us oh. after the game, you jackass. And then the, the cream on the cake. He fucking quits out of the game. <laughs> And so we instantly failed the mission. Oh, I was pissed. I'm thinking back to like, I'm wondering uh, about like these different, like you said, we do have kind of different, uh, different feelings about trash talking games and like um, just the yeah. the general feel of it. And I'm thinking back to my high school days, and um, I'm wondering if that may have colored my experience a little bit too. I, I'm remembering this one time. I was probably like. 14 or 15 I was over at a friend's house and uh, they were they were playing Madden on the GameCube to, mm. to date how old this this was and um, that's basketball right no no, no uh, Madden is football football our football okay. not your football yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not FIFA so one of my friends he's he's way, 
like he's winning right like um he's he's got the he, like he pulls off some stupid move and he's doing like a 90 yard run to and he's about to score and my other friend like he's and he's trash talking and my other friend gets so pissed he stands up unplugs my one friend's controller and then just starts punching him in the chest <laughs> and in the meantime his teammate who's still had his controller plugged in tackles the other guy who he can't move because his controller's unplugged and he's getting pummeled and then takes the ball the whole way back and scores <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But again, that's among friends. Though, but it is I mean. it is among friends. And that I feel like obviously you wouldn't do that at like say a public no. video game tournament. Can you but... imagine seeing that at an esports tournament? Some oh. guy just up, takes off his headphones, runs over to the enemy team and just, and just starts <laughs> wailing. <laughs> oh my god. I would love to see it, but yeah, um, it's not something. Shit. You're right. That is it, it's a fond memory for me because it was among friends. It was among good friends. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, and I think that that also is the divide. There's there's the difference between like um, trash talk and just straight up just you're you're having a temper tantrum online. Yeah, I see it far too often in like any game that we're losing. Mm. Um, the real sign for me whether someone is petty or not is when they say GG at the end of the match when we lose, and it's like ninety percent of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always all GGs when you win, but when you lose, you might get one, maybe two. Yeah, and it depends on how good the match... Like, because you can lose matches that were really close and really fun to play. Um, hmm. The one thing that's always... Speaking of that, GG, by the way, standing for good game. Um, hmm. So, in StarCraft... Uh, typically it's considered very bad form to say GG first if it looks like you're about to win. Yeah. Um, and it's it's honestly it's become it's gotten to the point where it's literally an insult. So if you've you've pushed into somebody's base, you've taken out like their workers, you've taken out their army, you're about to win the game, and you say GG, um, that's basically like you spitting in their face after you won the game. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's the same with minion masters. Although obviously that's a lot less, <laughs> a bit less competitive less than StarCraft. Aggro. Yeah, yeah. When when you get to the end and like they're about to murder you with a, like, uh, I was about to say a butcher, a cleaver. <laughs> that's the word. And they they put up the well played happy face sign, and you're <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, but part yeah. of me wonders, like in in a bit more casual games like that and I say a bit more because it is still like when you get to the higher ranks it does get still pretty competitive I'm wondering because we talked before on the podcast about internet like uh, online courtesy right like the sort of things that uh, things you do and don't do like online yeah. just as a matter of course and now that everyone's working remotely you've got a ton more people you know, online, and they don't know these these little things. Like you're not supposed to leave your mic going when you've got like a TV blasting in the background because everyone can hear yeah. it. Or putting um, full stops because that is very aggressive. If you use full stops. Yeah, exactly. Full stop <laughs> for the American audience, meaning a period. Um, <laughs> for the UK audience, that does not mean someone is having a bad time of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Full stop sounds like something you'd use in a telegram. 
Um, uh, what? No, you just use dot. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm thinking Morse code. You're thinking of Morse code, yeah. Dot, dot, dash, dash, dot, dot. Um, God, we are going completely off into the weeds here. Wow, but I can't believe you just said that in Morse code. I'm very offended. <laughs> I have no idea what I just said in Morse code. <laughs> but I do think that there is a level of that, too. Going back to what we talked about in segment one, where it's text-based. So I feel like there are probably a few people out there who don't play a ton of competitive games, and they don't realize that they're being hostile yeah that, that, that what they're doing can be interpreted as hostile because in their head they're thinking they're thinking the words in like a tone of voice they know their attitude but to the other person mm. the other and they're just seeing the text does that make us snowflakes no i just think it's it's like it's normal human like interpretation like uh what am i trying to say like how this misinterpretation, yeah, a misinterpretation of language. Like, this is what mm. I, I was talking about earlier when I said, you know, face to face communications, you have four different avenues to figure out like what somebody's actual meaning is behind what yeah. they're saying. But then, you know, voice communication, you've only got two, and then text mm. communication, you've only got one. So it's very easy to misinterpret, especially in that kind of heightened, like, competitive environment. You've just lost a game or something like that, and somebody sends a message that in their mind maybe is courteous. They're like, hey, you played really well. Good job. Yeah. But to your mind, you just lost the game, and they're, they're just being smug. That might be the way that mm. you're pulling out of it. That, that's kind of what I was going for there. Not like, uh, I don't know, somebody said, hey, you played really well, and in your mind, you're like, what'd you say about my mother? <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, feel like I'm not describing that as well as I could, but no, I think I think we have the. I mean, I, I certainly have the point. I don't know if everyone else does. Um, <laughs> how well can people read, guys? I don't know. I mean, I can't read very well. <laughs> You've heard me read things aloud. I, 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 I said a... read you, not read you. <laughs> I apparently can't listen either. No, man. Oh, I wonder. Because YouTube also makes uh, subtitles for videos, don't they? I wonder what... I bet there's a bunch of hilarious things... Oh my god, we should... That it doesn't pick up on in our videos. We, I, I really want to check this sometime. This, is, this will be something we can do just for fun <laughs> at some point. Um, that yeah. being said, we are at the end of segment two. Uh, do you have any final thoughts Should before we... I wrap us up? Uh, bah, 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 bah. Um, I don't know. Uh... I, this was meant to be a media segment, but we mostly talk, spoke about games. Games are a form um, of media. Yes. And I was saying, no, I don't have anything to say. Okay. <laughs> Alright, that is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. We are going to take a brief intermission and then be right back with segment three. And welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are now on segment three, the wild card segment, which we never seem to have ideas for. Until Ooh. we do have ideas, and they're suddenly brilliant. Yes. Uh, I mean, 
we very rarely have any idea what we're doing generally, but it always ends up fairly well. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, yeah, so this is this is one of the ones we really didn't have uh, any specific ideas for. I mean, last time we took a look through Twitter, we had that very successful uh, quiz segment that a lot of people mm. had fun with. Uh, but this time, I think it's just going to be a free discussion. You were just... Also, I, I should note that in the uh, interim, normally our kind of uh, inter-segment uh, bits are just like five minutes for us to get up, stretch, use the bathroom, or something like bits, that. bits, because you're such a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> this one, however, ended up being closer to 20 minutes, and we actually talked a lot about a bunch of random stuff that would have been good content for the podcast. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> that being said, you were just talking about, I, I presume, a game called Godhood? Yes. Well, no, no, it's a state of being, Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, a state of being that I know very well. Uh, so there's a game that's come out, I don't know when it came out, actually. I, I feel like it's probably pretty recent, um, called Godhood, which I picked up the other day. And... It seems... I, I kind of briefly talked about it in the second segment, where I said it's incredibly weird mechanics. It's quite complex. A bit of a learning curve to it. Mm. But basically, you create a character, a god, which is who you are, uh, and you rule over a tribe of simplistic peoples, and then slowly you... Uh, there's, there's different ways of indoctrinating more people into your religion. Oh, God. <laughs> you can do it in a nice way with, like, peace, or um, being all about... Your ideologies being about making friends or trading. Or you can go about it with, like, war and... Uh, let's say... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, enjoyment uh, <laughs> or madness. Huh. Uh, and so the uh, because it was my first time playing the game I was like, let's go with a basic one. Let's go with just war being my main ideology. Basically, I'm assuming that just means I just go and beat up the other people and I then I get the more Aztecs. followers. Yeah, exactly. Like Montezuma-esque. And I very quickly found that my grip over my tribe was very quickly getting away from me. <laughs> as So I, I went down the war tech tree, as I said, hmm. and a couple of uh, a couple of fights in, one of my followers, my main followers, was like, hey, we do all this war stuff. Why don't we do, you know, dabble in a little bit of human sacrifice? Maybe? I was like, huh. That sounds like it might be a bit of fun. <laughs> so I was like, sure, go ahead with it. And then they were like, huh, maybe like barbarism? <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe. And then suddenly they're suddenly talking about stuff like, what about, and hear me out here, guys, cannibalism. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and so my, my followers are just slowly going more and more like, off the deep end with just doing whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, 
the, the concept of the game does sound pretty interesting. I did while you were talking about it. I, I glanced at it on Steam. It's actually yeah. made by... Uh, there's a game called uh, Reus, or Rus, or I don't know. Actually, I'm supposed to pronounce it, but it's R-E-U-S. And it's yeah. a game that I did enjoy. Kind of a casual game with a similar concept. You play as these, like, titans of, you know, water, earth, whatever. And mm. your whole idea is that you're helping these burgeoning human communities to you know by making the ground fertile or by making trees grow or by making water and fish nearby their village and stuff like that yeah and it it was an interesting very simple and kind of there's a deceptive amount that you can do in the game but apparently they're made by the same people yeah, I, I heard Reyes was a good game. I haven't played it myself. Mm. What I kind of equate these kind of games to, because I think they are a category, really, is that the original one that I played was Black and White. I don't know if you ever played that. I have... Wait. I think I may have. A way very, back in college. very old PC game. Or maybe it was a, a follow-up to that. But I've played games in the in a similar... I know of Black and White. Yeah. Um, and... You used to have, like, a, a monstrous pet as well that you kind of vaguely control with a lead. You could call down thunderstorms. You had to help your people whilst taking over the other religions, basically. That's, <laughs> um, like, kind of what it reminds me of. Mm, and like I'm enjoying it a great deal, but now it's getting to the point where it's, like, your main character, who you've been training all this time is about to die from old age, and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they're all like cannibals, and there's debauchery and all kinds of things, and I'm like, oh god, I've really let the let the reins go on this one. Um, but yeah, it's quite an interesting game. I, I like games like that. Um, they tend to be, like... That's something that I, I was kind of trying to, um, I was trying to find a game that would kind of scratch that particular itch, mm. like for that, that kind of um, build an empire kind of games, but not build an empire in the sense that you do in Civilization or Age of Empires or something like that, but mm. exactly like you're saying, sort of start off with something... You make the people which make the buildings. Yeah, exactly. And I, I may, I may pick that game up and try it out because um, it does sound really, really fun. Um, mm. There's a oh god, there's a game. There's a couple games that have played with that whole generation aspect of it too, where your old characters die and then you have to play as their descendants or childrens or successors. Rogue or... Legacy. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. Uh, so okay. there's there's two games that jump to mind. One is actually a JRPG uh, called The Agorist Wars. Uh, I think there's right. multiple games. Uh, Juan actually turned me on to these games. Essentially, it's a JRPG and you play through as this one character and depending on the choices and things you do in the games um, they were out for the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. Mm. So that, to give you an idea how old they are. Um, playing through, depending on what you do in the game, uh, your character ends up being involved in one or another political faction and eventually at the end I think that your character gets like ends up getting hitched and betrothed to like one or another of uh, the the other characters in the game and then you think the game's over 
but then you now it's like 10 years or 20 years later and you're playing as the descendants of the characters from the first part and the story branches based on what you're doing in these different di I think the the original game goes through three generations and depending on what you do in each generation the story evolves and changes um, that one's a little bit less like this because you're actually playing as the characters that are moving from generation to generation. But the mm. other one I was thinking of was uh, Medieval Dynasty. It was a game that I, I started playing a while back, and I ha I need to get back to it because I was enjoying it, um, but I, I just haven't had time to play any more of it. It's a game where you're just some random Yahoo in Medieval Europe at some point, and you have to basically build a life for yourself in this new village and you can you build your house you can mine and sell wares eventually you find like uh, a spouse from the local village and you have kids and if your character dies you end up playing as your kid but if your character dies with no kids the game just ends yeah i think i actually watched i think uh josh uh, let's game it out play game that sounds like that it was recently. that I, I i saw it four days ago he just released i noticed it this morning when i was looking through my uh, youtube feed that let's game it out did actually play medieval dynasty like four days ago um yeah. it, the was, game was quite funny yeah I, I haven't watched his video of it i, I just saw that he'd done it um yeah. but I, I would like to see his take on it because there's a lot of ways you can kind of mess things up in that game he is he is a being of pure chaos i love his videos <laughs> just yeah to, just to see exactly how much you can break games yeah um but uh shit i was thinking of saying enough oh i boozed it oh right yeah so the combat in the game right mm. going back to godhood that's the word um it's it's kind of like you you put your people on the field and then they do all the fight. It's kind of like a TFT where you don't actually have any direct uh, influence over what they do. Um, but there's two ways of winning. One is that you beat up all the opposite people, <laughs> which is as I'm going with war. War is my ideology. It's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. The other way is that you can beat them through um, convincing the crowd that's watching that their god is not real. Okay. Uh, like a debate stage kind of deal. Yeah, but because I've teched purely into combat, the enemy are kind of trying to do a mix. They're like, you know, punching me one turn and then like singing at me the next. <laughs> and I've just got like these, like, scimitars and I'm just cutting them down I feel like a horrible person but <laughs> uh, god damn it it works there, there's a oh god do you know the movie Thank You for Smoking no sort of a, a dark comedy um, kind of movie came out in the I want to say the early 2000s maybe maybe even the late 90s but at least early 2000s uh, so the the whole idea behind the movie is it the main character is this uh, uh, tobacco lobbyist, hmm. and it's just him talking about his job, which is to talk and to convince people. 
And there's a scene in the movie where he's talking to his son. He's on a business trip out to California um, to talk to, like, movie executives to try and get cigarettes back in movies. Which, interestingly enough, at the time that this movie came out, that was the big thing. You couldn't have smoking in any movies. They were talking about, like, airbrushing out cigarettes from classic movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you see smoking in movies and TV shows all the time. Like, I feel like... Do you? I feel like every single TV show or movie that I see now, there's like five or six different people smoking and drinking in every scene. I don't see that anymore. I, I've I've never really noticed it in the last five or so years. Cause I, maybe it's just well, so... I think what they tend to do is they, they'll have their whole hand covering the cigarette or something to get around it. See, that... No, that's that's not what I, I see. So maybe yeah. it's it's more obvious to me because when I was growing up, like you couldn't have people drinking or smoking in TV shows just in case the little chillins saw it. Yeah. But now I feel like every TV maybe I'm just watching a different kind of TV show, but like I feel like ever like the Netflix series I watch, um, a lot of the Amazon series I watch, you see people like just smoking and drinking like it's nothing on TV. They don't. Like, I feel like if you had, in the 90s, the late 90s, if you had somebody smoking in a TV show, they had to be dying in the next scene. Or they had to be the villain, or something like that. Right. Um, and that, that's actually a joke they make in the, the show, or in the movie, Thank You for Smoking. Um, the, the, the Hollywood executive is like, uh, so you're trying to get cigarettes uh, out of the hands of our, or into the hands of someone other than our usual Ravs. And he's like, Ravs? And he's like, Russians, Arabs, and villains. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, but that, that perfectly describes like the type of people that would be smoking in a TV show or a movie in the 90s. Yeah. But now it's it's not, it's, I feel like it's, it's a lot more common in just random normal people. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit off topic. But, so he's trying to do that. What was the topic? The, the, the topic was this. Sh I was talking. You were talking about um, the debate in that game, Godhood, and I was yeah. talking about a scene. It reminded me of a scene from this movie. Thank you for smoking. Gotcha. And as I was talking about the movie, I realized that a lot of the themes of the movie seem to have come true, because again, the business trip this guy was going to California for with his son in the movie was to talk to a Hollywood exec to try and get cigarettes back in mainstream TV and movies. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he's having this little chat with his son, and the son is trying to figure out, like, what exactly his dad does for a living. And the dad's trying to explain it to him, and he's, he's giving him a very simplistic uh, explanation of, like, how debating works. And... This, this, he's like, okay, let's say we're debating about ice cream. You know, I, I like uh, chocolate, you like vanilla. And, you know, what's your argument? And the son says, you know, I, I like vanilla, it's the most delicious flavor ever. It's, you know, it's, it's the only thing I ever need. And mm. the other guy is, it says, you know, I like chocolate too and whatnot. And he's like, but that debate doesn't go anywhere. So what I do then is I go like, you know, I, I, I don't think vanilla is enough, you know, and for that matter, I need more than chocolate. I think we need to experience all of the flavors. And he and he's and the, the son's like, yeah, but you still haven't convinced me or something like that. And the dad's like, yeah, but I'm not after you. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what they think. And he points to like all the people just, you know, walking around in the, the plaza where they're at. Mm. And he 
it was a really good point about debating. Like you're not af- you're not trying to convince the person you're debating. Who cares what they think? The the target is the audience, the people around you, the people yeah. who are watching the debate and listening to it. Those are the people you're trying to get. Because you're never going to convince the other guy. They're already setting their beliefs. Otherwise, you wouldn't be having a debate. Otherwise, the presidential debate would be a lot more simple. Mm. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, oh, Trump. Trump's like, oh, maybe I'm not the best president. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you have it. <laughs> it. No one, Yeah, exactly. No one wants to watch a debate between two people who admit their own faults and try to see the other person's point of view. Yeah, It's sad, but it's just not something that people are going to pay attention to. Um, and that's kind of what you're talking about in that game where you're you're essentially having this religious debate where well you're having the debate using weapons (laughs) but (laughs) you're you're after convincing the crowd and not it doesn't matter what the opponents you know think at the end of it it's whether or not all the people around them agree or disagree Mm. Or whether they fear me enough. <laughs> <laughs> that that got that got more serious than maybe we intended, but uh, maybe. What's what's even worse is that I called my. So you had to name yourself, your religion, and your followers. Mm-hmm. So I I named my my god the bear. Oh, uh, I named my religion. Uh, sound like the blueners. The bluists. I can't. The Blooners, I think. Okay. I can't remember. And I named my followers the Cubs. (laughs) I thought, oh, that's kind of a cute name. (laughs) It's like, the Cubs have eaten their enemies. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's so fucked up. (laughs) It ends up being so much more brutal. It is. Um, When you were talking about that earlier, though, you haven't seen a film called Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, have you? No, that sounds really familiar, though. Ah, uh, I need to make you watch that because it's. In fact, I might make that instead of watching Moana. We might watch that. <laughs> yeah, whose turn is? Isn't it Alicia's turn? Uh, I think it was Alicia's choice to watch Moana, but given the circumstances, I think I don't know. I don't. I might just I might just sneak this one in. <laughs> <laughs> Move it over to your turn. I mean, I'm um, fine with that. I was I was super busy this week, so I didn't have a chance to join you guys for movie night i'm fine well yeah we also watched like so early in the morning but it was yeah there was extenuating circumstances that you don't know about which before we watched it um and yeah but no moana we watched um we've both seen it before so it was uh just it was super chill uh it surprised me how short it actually was i felt like when i originally watched it it went for longer Mm. um but it was like one hour 48 minutes i think you know, I think we said something similar when we watched Princess and the Frog. It seemed like it, it was condensed. Yeah, um, but no, it's just the music in it is great. I, I'm not a massive fan of the story. The story's kind of just like an afterthought. But you do get real emotional. Or at least I did. I got emotional before she left home. Hmm. Which is a real sign that it's going to be a journey. Um... Yeah, I don't know. also it's very pretty. It's a, it's a yeah, very well, pretty film. I think we've... I, I have never seen the movie, as I've said before, but um, because you like the movie so much, I've seen several clips and the musical numbers from the movies quite a few times because you've, mm. uh, you've sent them to me. 
The one I remember the best is probably the uh, the You're Welcome segment. You're welcome. Yeah, with The Rock. Yeah. Dwayne. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Didn't even know the guy could sing. No, well, I mean, it's probably auto-tuned, but I don't know. Yeah, he can do everything, though. Like, I mean, to be, yeah, shit. the guy started off as a football player, then he became a professional wrestler, then he became an actor, and now he's doing, like, voice acting. Like, he's in video games, too, I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm surprised yeah. he hasn't done a Terminator and become, like, the president or something. <laughs> the governor. That was the governor. <laughs> yeah, I became the governor of California. Hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, the guy that became governor by calling his opponent a girly man. That was all, hilarious. All politicians do in one manner or another. Um, yeah, but he he didn't do it through metaphor or anything. He's just, my opponent is a girly man. He's going to <laughs> let California sink into the ocean. I love yeah. California. Uh, I remember... The point in my childhood where I worked out that politicians were actually just big children. <laughs> I was um, on my way to like a karate lesson or something, and we went past this big billboard of one politician who's running for prime minister saying, "My opponent just let five hundred prisoners out for no reason." <laughs> I was like, "What?" He's a. I'm sure there's more context than someone's just releasing prisoners out onto the streets. And B, how fucking childish. <laughs> yeah. That, I feel like... Uh, I don't know. That, but that is politics. You can't... There is no nuance. If you if you no. indulge in nuance, then people are going to... Like, your opponent's going to pounce on you because they're not going to care about nuance. Like, this guy's trying to see my point of view. See? Even my opponent thinks I'm sympathetic, and then they'll, you know, try to pull more votes that way. It's just... I don't know. I, maybe it's... I, I don't know if it's different over there, because you guys do have multiple parties, but you really only have two big ones, don't you? Like well, the, the, the Tories and the Labour? And, yeah. Those are the biggest ones. Conservatives, no wait, Conservative and Labour are the big ones. Yeah, and Conservatives, are the, that's what I mean, the Tories are Conservative. Right, yeah, right? sorry, I'm getting confused now, because we're talking about so much American politics. <laughs> um, the, oh, fuck, the Democrats, is that right? Uh, well, in the US, the Democrats are the... Uh, no, it's the, not Democrats, the fucking Yellow Party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you guys have, you guys have the Green Party too, but they actually have some sway over there. Um, the green, no, the Green Party have no say in anything. I mean, they don't in the U.S. either. Everyone's like, "Oh, we would really love to vote Green Party in, and then don't vote Green Party." There, there are technically four political parties in the U.S. that actually have any sort of clout, but it's a huge gap because you have Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, and Green, and Libertarian and Green parties never um, get any portion of the vote, which. Also, I find it hilarious, the idea of a libertarian party. The whole idea of libertarianism is that, you know, you hate the idea of, like, any kind of organized government. Hmm. Well, that's that's maybe a little bit reductive, but it's... Here we go, so... Alright, let's, let's I... hear it. Sorry, go on. No, no I, I'm just saying, let's hear it. You know, you're oh. pulling up the parties. Right? Uh, so the main party at the moment is the Conservatives. Yep. Then it's Labour. Mm-hmm. Then it's the SNP, or Scottish Nationalist Party. Not Nationalist, National. 
Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the Scottish Nationalist Party. Um, and then it's the Liberal Democrats, which is what I was trying to remember. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I thought the Liberal Democrats had more sway, but I guess not. Yeah, I guess... Where was I thinking of? There's a lot... Because that, that's something that... Uh, I th People have a hard time like understanding like cross-national political systems. Because the one thing that took me a long time to like wrap my head around was parties that won minorities of votes and then were able... Like they, they quote-unquote worked with another party to form a government. And I'm like, you already have a government. What the fuck does that mean? It it was the whole idea that I don't know. Europe I don't wanna I don't wanna sit here like trying to explain uh European political systems <laughs> that I barely understand. Yeah. I mean I feel like I have a better idea of the American political system than my own country. Uh, I mean ours is fairly simple, at least on the federal level. Like hmm. It be, and it, it's fairly simple because it was designed based on the old Roman system, which was fairly simple because it was designed 2,000 years ago. Yeah, I mean, someone's always going to be unhappy with the system if their team loses because of a particular oh, yeah. way that the votes are counted. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, the perfect example is the last two elections. The one that happened in 2016, people were bitching and complaining because it's yeah, like... the popular vote. Because of the popular vote, which is meaningless, and the electoral vote. And, but they, again, they were just... And they were like, oh, there's corruption, there's all these problems, there's we're being influenced by foreign powers and everything, and oh, it's it's so horrible. And then, <laughs> then now, this time, their guy won. And so they're like, nope, it's all perfect. This 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 system works perfectly. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no no possibility of corruption. There's absolutely no reason to suspect foreign interference. It's all perfectly good and fine. Yeah. It's like, will you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, you don't get to like bitch like crazy that everything is broken and everyone's cheating when you lose. And then when you win, you're like, nope, everything's good, perfectly fine. I'm happy. Yeah, you can't have your cake and eat it, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Just acknowledge that there there are flaws in the system, and despite the flaws in the system, everyone is playing rough by the same rules. So, yeah, just I don't know. I don't want to get into politics again, but people need to chill. No. <laughs> people need to chill. That that's yeah. that's I think the takeaway. Just calm people down. do need to chill, especially in this time of. <coughs> Bless you. Bless me. Sorry. Um, hopefully you muted that out during the audio. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Um, so that's a no, because you don't look at through these things. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully, what was I fucking saying? You, you said something like, during these, these times, and then you sneezed. Oh, yeah, during these times of like everyone being locked down, all the... Emotions are more charged, and people are getting more bothered about littler, littler, smaller things. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's it's an interesting social study. This whole being in lockdown thing. Um, yeah. But next week, at least in England, it's uh, all gonna drop for the month for December. What the the um, actual like lockdown? 
Yep, and so they've already pre-booked the lockdown to resume in January because obviously shit's gonna get fucky as everyone spreads yeah. everything to everyone. Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, not only that. You're going into, um, you know, December, a much colder, darker time of the year. People are going to be getting even less vitamin D, which is an essential vitamin when you're talking about immune systems. Yeah. Um, uh, it's going to be cold, so people are going to have more things to worry about. Yeah. God, I hate, I hate winter. <laughs> I, it's, hate it. I, I, I honestly like it. My, my two favorite seasons, well, my two favorite, to be fair, my two favorite seasons are uh, fall and spring. I don't like mm. summer because it's too damn hot. I don't like winter because it's too damn cold. But I prefer being cold over being hot because if I'm cold, I just put a coat on. If I'm hot, I can only get so naked. You are the proverbial mummy bear. <laughs> what? <laughs> from, from Goldilocks? You don't like your porridge too hot or too cold. Oh, okay. You like it yeah. just right. Got it. Yep. Sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't getting the reference. I wasn't talking about gay men. <laughs> yes, that's... Well, see, that, <laughs> that's where I thought you were going with it. I was like, what? Oh. Uh, oh. I don't know. Jesus. I assume Goldilocks is a thing over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Okay. Yeah, my porridge is too hot. My porridge is too cold. My porridge is just right. Goldilocks and the Three Gay Men. <laughs> that's a porn parody if ever I've seen it. <laughs> uh, Jesus, that's a. <laughs> this 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 is why we need to plan things for the third segment. Otherwise, things. it just ends up being a shit show. It's yeah. It's a. It's fine. Um, can we can we think of something? Uh, can we think of something a little less to depressing to end things off with? Because we are coming up near the end of the podcast. Always porn depressing. Because uh, we were talking about it in the context of being locked inside. This is true. Uh, well, yeah, what's going up in the next week? Uh, oh, there was the Cowboy Bebop thing that I oh, yeah, sent Netflix. you a message about. Yeah, Netflix is uh, doing I... a live-action Cowboy Bebop. That's either going to be amazing or complete shit. Totally dreadful, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I, it's not actually come out yet. I did have a quick look at it. So I, um, I have... they've got the title screen up, but that's it. Netflix has has kind of a hit or miss record. They their original series end up being absolute ass or pretty good. Like, mm. for instance, they did a uh, live action adaptation of Death Note. It was horrendous it was it, it was, was absolutely horrendous but then it wasn't as bad as bleach though <laughs> <laughs> that one was at least funny um oh, no it wasn't it was not i don't know i, I, quite, I found the death note one quite funny because their interpretation of british accents and british ways of just being was hilarious <laughs> okay so but point being death note we can agree as an example, same thing, Bleach. Yeah, the live-action adaptations, examples of being pretty shit. But they yeah. also did um, they did the Witcher series adaptation. That's true. Very good. They, there was some stuff in it that I didn't like, because I've read all the Witcher books, I've played all the games. Mm. There were some weird choices that I can see why they made them for a TV adaptation, but I think that they actually, if they had kept it truer to the original characters, it would have been better. Um, yeah. But people who have seen the original lore were never going to super love the film. It's like any 
series. I, well, I, I don't know, because... Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 kind of I'm trying to think of an example of a book adaptation yeah. that was done really well, and I I can't. I can't. Um, <laughs> but well, Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I've I've, but you see, I read the books after the fact, so I'm not not positive. Oh, okay. Um, but I do have friends that enjoyed the movies and the books, and but I think that's that's a good example because they did try to stay as true to the books as possible. Um, yeah. Not including The Hobbit, by the way. Yeah. The, the, the Hobbit, what they did was they took one book and stretched it out into three long movies just to have a trilogy. That was a mistake. Because mm. um, The Hobbit book was pretty good, and I feel like some bits of The Hobbit movie were good, but they, they again, they stretched it. Um, but no, no, Witcher. Specifically the last, like, 10% of the book they stretched into two films. Speaking of, like, but still on the subject of Netflix adaptations, I think The the Witcher is one of the things that gives me hope. Um, they've also done quite a few, like, good TV shows mm. and good, like, original movies. But they've also done a bunch of really bad TV shows and original movies. So, I... <sighs> It's a coin flip with Netflix. You're never going to get something mediocre. You're either going to get something great or something utter trash. Yeah. I think we can all agree that what we really need is a live-action film of Hattoful Boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those that don't know, that is a parody visual novel about... Um, it's it's a parody of the uh, slice of life trope from anime, where it's just like people in high school having day to day drama, um, except all of the people in the high school are pigeons or other birds, and except for one character who's a human who got transferred to this all pigeon school, it's just it's I don't know it's a kind of weird parody that you only get with that sort of genre. If there was a live action of that, that would be so funny. They'd have to train a bunch of pigeons. Yeah, well, yeah, it would just be like a person (laughs) standing in a room full of birds. And the birds would have, like, comical voices coming out of them. (laughs) Oh my god. I I won't lie, I would actually really love to see that. Just to... I'd like to see how they could actually possibly pull the fucking thing off. Yeah. That would be amazing. Oh my Uh, god. Anyway. Yeah, we we're 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 at the end. I'm glad that we we did. I think find a positive note to end things on because we did get a little dark there near the end, uh, <laughs> and we we started serious. So I wanted to end happy. Yeah. Anyway, um, I won't ask for final thoughts because I think we both just gave one there. Mm. Yeah, this is the end of episode 17 of the TMCJ podcast. Uh, thank you everyone for listening, and I hope that you'll come back and tune into us again next week. Have a great week.